When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. of the reality is uh as always it's newer and i'm here as the official spokesperson for all reality tv shows and eagles the philadelphia eagles imagine if i was of what what's more outlandish to you there the fact that you have shamelessly hopped on this eagles bandwagon after they won oh i have no shame Also, first of all, hopped on after they won. Excuse me? <laughs> I've dealt with a lot of years of huffing and puffing and, and uh, you know, angry push-ups and whatnot of, of my spouse, my partner, the person I, spoiler alert, Raheel, share my bed with. <laughs> Isn't that, honestly, if we're being honest, that is more, uh, that thought is more disgusting for you than it is for me. Oh, 100%. <laughs> sure, yes. I bet. Ew. Ew. Um, anyway, how are you? How's it going? How? I'm all right. I'm all right. You're all right. Let's just set the stage for everyone. So yesterday was the, uh, we're going to start on sports. Yesterday was the NFC Championship and AFC Championship Games to determ- determine who will be going to the Superb Owl. <laughs> this year and uh i had lovingly sent my husband to the game i said go on little guy i packed him a little backpack like he was going off to camp there you go little buddy have fun make him little sandwiches (laughs) no i didn't i didn't do anything i was like put on your jersey and get the fuck out of my house anyway he went to the game and then i said you know what you know what, I'm going to give my brother some company. So then I went to your house mm-hmm. and I watched the game with my two children, one of whom was taunting you, frankly, the whole time. <laughs> and I have to say, it was one of the most uncomfortable viewing experiences of my life. I was tortured by the Eagles winning, even though I am not a 49ers fan. And you know Why? what? Wait, I just want to say that I think that all this time you've been questioning my loyalty to you as a sibling, as mm-hmm. a member of your tribe, of a person who shares blood with you, I think that that should be enough. The fact that I was uncomfortable about my husband experiencing joy because I knew that it brought you pain should say enough. Um, well, so I think we have to unpack that. There's many different layers of frankly <laughs> bullshit that, that you just spewed right now. Okay. Um, I don't know why you were uncomfortable. I'm not in. Uh, I am not uh, a fatalistic sports viewer. I don't think. Um, yesterday was, it was just very unfortunate. I'm, you know, I'm. I've been thinking about it. I'm sad about it, but you know, what can you do, right? Mm-hmm. It's one of those things. It was a nightmare scenario for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. It's stuff that happens on the field. Injuries are a part of the game. Mm-hmm. There's no way that the 49ers who were on their fourth quarterback for the season, who then got knocked out because of a concussion. And then mm-hmm. they had to have their third quarterback come back in and he couldn't throw the ball past five yards. Ugh. There's no way that they they should win that game. Yeah. So I'm, I've am i accepted it. I think in the moment I accepted it as well. I think mm-hmm. I'm a very 
very uh, decent person to watch a game with. <laughs> I would root for my team. There was one moment when I scared you and your children. Yes. Christian McCaffrey scored a touchdown. Yeah. And I punched I the it. air. Yeah. And then I, I turned it. around and uh, Noah was crying. Because <laughs> <laughs> we I just, scared him with my yeah. aggression. Yeah, we were just very thrown off. It was like too much. Because you're a fairly um, emotionless person. Because Even keeled. Even keeled, sure. You know, you're Dead a... Inside. You're a pleasant robot, I'd say. You're a you're a toxically positive person. Um, so I think for you to sh- have an outburst was uh, alarming. Yeah, I mean, listen, we were on our fourth quarterback. There's no way we should be in that game, right? I've accepted the fact that the it was just not the 49ers day, no. right? But even through all that, because I'm a maniac, I still thought we had a chance. And I, I truly believe, like, so this is what's going to haunt me. Like, okay, the there there's no quarterback for the team, right? This team mm-hmm. should lose. But deep, deep down inside my heart, I mm-hmm. still feel that there was a way that the 49ers could have won that game. Um, but I don't want to get into it. I mean, it's just, it's what's going to be. Well, that's what people do. That's what people that sport do. You, yeah. you guys sit around, and my husband does this every single time. He can, if if the Eagles or any team any if even if it's a team that he doesn't care about they lose a game the entire time he can pinpoint all of the things that should have gone right for them that if they did this differently they would have stood a chance or they would have won like yeah, he'll be like like something will happen in a game and he'll be like if they don't make it back that's that's it that's the reason that's why they lost because they did that one thing in the first quarter in like the second minute of the game i'm like okay yeah i mean you know we don't have to get into the details or anything but you know if the 49ers throw a challenge flag on the first eagles drive on the fourth uh on the fourth down uh, catch that should i know that was a doozy i was like ooh, that's that's not good yeah and then there was some bullshit uh uh penalties on the defense on the second drive that the that the Eagles scored a touchdown on, you take that away, then it's still a seven seven game. If Josh yeah. Johnson doesn't uh, fumble the ball before halftime, then you go into the half at fourteen seven. Um, but you know, all that said, that doesn't mean that the Eagles did not deserve to win. The Eagles were the best team of the year. Um, they've been the best team in the NFC. I wish those motherfuckers well. Um, I will be rooting for you and your husband. Um, Husbands. Plural. Husbands, and, oh, what is it? It's your actual husband, Angela and Hurt. Is that what we're counting now? That's right. <laughs> um, uh, during the Super Bowl, but um, you know what can you do? I gotta say, you keep uh, you you said that um, I made you uncomfortable watching the game. Let me tell you something. Your kids were delightful. <laughs> I love both of your children. There, I don't mind having to deal with children while watching a football game. I'll tell you what was annoying. Oh, Somebody no. sitting in the fucking corner going, is the brightness okay? Can it be brighter? I can't see anything. Just fucking move up. Okay, I can't sit that close to the TV, first of all. And okay. the brightness should be mo- I can't. Listen, <laughs> I'm also almost 40. And yeah. the eyes are the first thing to go, it turns out. The soul is the first thing to go. <laughs> Oh, well, that's been gone. That's been gone for a while. Okay, we we, we said bye to the soul a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't see anything. Okay, maybe you should. Uh, maybe we should get you a new TV. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just saying. Maybe somebody's a big birthday coming up. Maybe I could get a TV. Okay. Do you want a Do you want a TV or do you want um, a Groupon to a colonic? It's up to you. <laughs> Uh, anyway. Let's mix those two things uh, together and get a TV stuck up my ass for my 40th. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Anyways, yeah, I want to say um, to the 49ers and their fans mm-hmm. that uh, rooting for this team this year has been an absolute pleasure. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed every single moment of it. I love everyone on the team. Um, and uh, it's just unfortunate what happened, but I'm looking forward to next year. Uh, this is now officially, I'm going to be going into my 29th year rooting for the 49ers uh, and not having them, uh, not ever watching them win a Super Bowl in my in my rooting um, history. So that's tough. And it's the team that I love the most. 
out yeah. of all the sports teams. So that's always tough. But you know what? I um, I love the team. I'm excited about next year. It looks like, and this is going to be terrible for you. You know who they're targeting, who's potentially coming to the 49ers next year as QB1. J- Jalen? No. Who? Touchdown Tommy. Oh, yeah. Touchdown Tommy. No. I mean, I don't touchdown. care about it. It would be his dream to finally go out with the team that he, you know, that he grew up like watching, I guess. So. Yep. I'm, I'm all in. I don't give a fuck about Touchdown Tommy, and you know that. Um, well, I do want to say that there are quite a few um, Eagles, I mean, sorry, 49ers fans that mm-hmm. um, love them and love you. Oh, thanks. I love them all. Yeah. Regardless so, of their uh, of whatever else they stand for in life. No, th- that's a thing. They agree with you on all things. They love you. They agree with you on all things. Um, they adore you. The one person did get upset that you said that who was the, you said that the the Bills were trash. I think you said they were frauds or something. Oh no, I called the Vikings frauds. You said called the Vikings frauds, and people did not appreciate that. And you know what? I <laughs> support people because anybody who's mad at you is a friend to me. Um. So for that Vikings fan, right? I'm assuming mm-hmm. they're from Minnesota. I mean, it doesn't matter. Sure. You're from you're from New Jersey. New Jersey. No, no. Yeah. All I'm saying is I have been to Minnesota twice. Mm-hmm. I love uh, the city of Minneapolis. I've had mm-hmm. great times in Minnesota. I love the state. Uh-huh. Um, I love uh, Minnesota sports culture. I like uh-huh. the Lynx, which is a WNBA team. Okay. Uh, I like the Timberwolves. I like the Vikings, too. Uh-huh. Fact of the matter is this season's Vikings team was fucking fraudulent. And the Vikings fans know it themselves, too. So, you know what? I understand supporting your team, uh, but uh, it's not my fault they were fucking for us. You know, Ariel, I just feel like you should be a little bit kinder when your team was <laughs> lost quite sadly yesterday. I think, I'm trying to remember it because you sent me a screenshot of that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think the person told me to go kick rocks. <laughs> Which is so cute. <laughs> By the way, I feel like more people should do that. Like, I think I should stop saying go fuck yourself. I think I should start saying oh, go absolutely. kick rocks. Well, you know this. My, If I culturally appropriate anybody, it is 75-year-old white men. <laughs> like, Leo McGarry from the West Wing is my uh, spirit animal. So anytime somebody tells me to go kick rocks, that person is already a favorite of mine. So <laughs> I say I say the Vikings were fraudulent with uh, with with nothing but love. Yeah, it's like the Vikings are fraudulent, but Rio will he will happily kick rocks. I like, will happily kick. Of rocks. course, yeah. It's a dollars to donuts. I'll go kick rocks. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't either. <laughs> I barely know what soup to nuts means. Nope, nothing. Not a clue. Um, or brass tacks. No idea. No clue. What are these terms? They're just like gobbledygook. It's like the way people say like no cap these days. All facts. No cap. I'm like, huh? I actually do know what no cap means because I um, urban dictionary it like an old person at like 2 a.m. once. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like young people are going to start putting the wrong definitions in urban dictionary because the only people using urban dictionary are like elder millennials. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, anyway, sorry for the 49ers. Uh, hooray for the Eagles. I'm really excited about uh, the Super Bowl. Um, I did want to host a party this year, but I don't think it's going to happen. I asked my husband, I was like, Hey, do you want, should I, should I host a party? Like not a big one, a small one. He goes, yeah. Like just with Raheel and stuff. And I said, who's and stuff. And he was like, just Raheel. Raheel and his fat ass. (laughs) (laughs) Spelled F E T E S S. Fat ass. Um. Anyway, no, yeah, it would so be he basically fine. just wants you. He wants me to make no, sliders, no. and he just wants to have you over. No, I think I think there's a couple of Eagles fans we should get together. Um, although your husband is a very dedicated football viewer, mm-hmm. um, so you know if you have like a lot of like kids around or people that are just there to watch like the Super Bowl commercials, he'll get upset. Exactly. So that's the problem. It's like, okay, I guess we're not hosting anybody this year because you're all grumpy goose about it. My in-laws are in Pakistan. 
and they called they called Pod yesterday on the way back from Philly, and they were like, "Hey, how was it? Did your team win?" And they were he was like, "Yeah, they did." And he was like, "Who are they playing?" Like my father in law was like, "Who are they playing?" And my my father's like, "Oh, the San Francisco 49ers. And then my father in law was like, "Are they any good?" Which is like such a funny thing because it's like obviously they made it this far, like they're a pretty good team, right? And um, and then he was like, "What colors are there?" <laughs> What colors are their team? Are their team is their team color like red and white? And what color are their helmets? And I was like, is he getting you like a custom Shivani made or something? Like what? Why is he asking you the colors for the 49ers? It makes no sense. And then later on, his mom called and his mom was like, So how was it? The game was good. I was watching. She was like, I was tracking it on the ESPN app, but she can't say ESPN. So she was like, you know the app you have on my phone, that ESNP. But it's like it's four letters. <laughs> anyway, and well, then he was, and then again, he was like, "Yeah, they they lost. This is a score." And she was like, "Oh, that was a score, right?" She's like, "So the other team's not good, huh?" And I, was like, I was like, "No, they're they're a good team. They just had a bad day." But it's like really funny. They do it every time. They check it. That's on so him. cute, though. They, it's it's really cute. My mother in law is genuinely concerned when Fahad is like watching a game, and it's a game that he cares about. She's always, you know, like, what's. How's his team doing? Like they're fine. Well, you know, our mother. So every Sunday, obviously, I sit for eight hours and I watch the uh, NFL Red Zone, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, which shows all the games. And then our mother comes and the only question she asks me is how Fahad's team is doing, how the Eagles are doing. She doesn't care at all about my team. She has no idea who my team is. Or I think she does, but she doesn't care. I think the reason why is because my husband is – a terrorist when it comes to his love for the Eagles. Let's be honest. Let's call a spade a spade. Real, do you think I even... Listen, listen. We've all talked about, oh, you have no loyalty, no loyalty to your family. Do you think I even have the ability to root for the other team, Real? Do you think I have that kind of... Do you think I have that kind of freedom? Okay? It's like the sleeping with the enemy type of situation. You can't even say anything. (laughs) Am I in an abusive relationship? I don't know. Okay? Am I trapped in my it, marriage? I'm not sure. Is it that or is it that he has uh, no other personality and, you know, just being a sports fan is all that it is? I'm joking. I'm just How joking because dare I'm you? He's funny. He's handsome. He likes sports. You're right. That's it. <laughs> we got to sports very, very quickly. We got to he's sports like a good dad quickly. or whatever. He's like fine. I guess he's like kind of a feminist. Um... Listen, uh, I had a question. If we're done mm-hmm. talking about this, uh, I had a question. It's sports related. Okay, I have a question. It's sports related. Um, I saw a couple, maybe last week, something happened with Shannon Sharp at a basketball game. Can you tell me about yeah. it? <clears throat> sure. So Shannon Sharp, uh, what do you know about Shannon Sharp? Do you care? Um. Yeah. I mean, he's got some great takes. Sometimes I like see a lot of yeah, his stuff. So- he's a former athlete. Obviously, he worked, played yeah. for the Broncos. Ooh, look at you. Oh, look at me. He did play with the Broncos, yes. He was a tight end. Um, and he is on uh, this show with Skip Bayless. Oh, well, yeah. He's, Bayless yeah, yeah, it? of course. He took over um, Stephen A. Smith, right? Yeah. So, I mean, Skip Bayless went to Fox News. Oh, okay, Friday, okay, sorry, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck Skip Bayless. So I know he's the worst. He's just the worst. He's terrible. Like yeah. he's just he's like the he's like the sports like Tucker Carlson. Yeah. It's like just the worst. Yeah. And, and it's like so transparent. And, and, it's just and he likes the Cowboys, which should be like red flag number one. Yeah. He's just, he, it's just a troll. Everyone knows he's a troll. He knows that everyone knows that he's a troll. Nothing that he says should be taken seriously. He just hates LeBron. It's just dumb. Yeah. Anyways, <clears throat> so uh, Shannon Sharp is a big Lakers fan mm-hmm. and they were playing the Grizzlies, the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, in Los Angeles, and um, the Grizzlies did something. One of the Grizzlies players, uh, I think he hit a buzzer beater or something like that, and he saw Shannon Sharp uh, sitting on the sidelines, and he started talking trash to Shannon Sharp, as you do. Like, you know, that's like um, an old thing. Like, Spike Lee uh, talks trash to players and stuff, too. Yeah. So it just got a little bit heated, Uh and then a whole bunch of the Grizzlies, like, their bench for some fucking reason – just 
came up to Shannon Sharp, which is all just so dumb. It's so yeah. completely unnecessary. Yeah. So then there was like a little bit of a brawl. Not mm-hmm. really even a brawl. I hate calling it a brawl. But it was just like, you know, people just shouting at each other. One of the Grizzlies was telling him, I think uh, Dylan Brooks was telling Shannon Sharp to sit down or something like that. And then <clears throat> uh, John Morant, who is the best uh, Grizzlies player, mm-hmm. his dad comes to a lot of the games. He's like uh, courtside, like uh, he looks like Usher, first of all. Oh. Um, his name is T. Morant. Yeah. Um, okay. So then T. Morant got involved and he started going back and forth with Shannon Sharp as well. Um, and then, you know, they were just yelling at each other. This is like before I think the second half started or maybe at the end of the first quarter. Um, and then so that whole thing happened. It was just silly. Everyone calmed down. And then um, T. Morant and Shannon Sharp, at the end of the game, they just embraced each other. And they're like, oh, you know what? It was just in the spirit of of, uh, of the game. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, you know, it's it's yeah. silly. And then Shannon Sharp, like, apologized for his actions, which is sure, if you wanted to. But it feels like uh, the story got, it got really big, really, really fast. And then it went away really, really fast. But it was fun for like the memes for like a day or so. But that's not yeah. good. All right. I just wasn't sure what happened because I was like, oh, no, there was a, a scuffle with Shannon Sharp in the center of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's all right. it. It's all right. It's just, it's all right. Okay, I want to switch gears to something re- very sad that happened this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure you heard about the, I'm sure anybody who's listening has heard about the murder of Tyree Nichols and mm-hmm. Memphis. Um, he was a 29 year old black man from Memphis who was stopped at a traffic stop in the beginning of January. He was brutally beaten by Memphis PD and then he died in a hospital three days later. Um, a lot of, uh, footage of all the footage of his murder, uh, went out this year and, or this week. And I think, um, there's a lot of stuff that's going on, right? Like Memphis PD immediately, um, they, you know, they they uh, got hold of the officers, the five officers that were involved. I think in a lot of the videos and stuff, though, it seems like there's a couple of other officers that are involved. I think maybe a sixth one has just been uh, fired as well. <clears throat> but five officers were fired last week and arrested and charged for the murder and kidnapping and assault um, of uh, – of this man. Uh, I think two firefighters are also under investigation right now because they were involved in getting him to a hospital after the arrest. So <clears throat> they think that there was some, you know, foul play there as well. And there's a lot of, obviously it, there's a lot of discussion about the way that the media has covered this because there's a couple of different things to talk about. Number one is that, um, as I always say, fuck the police. Okay. I'm big a cab, a cab all the way. All cops are bastards. Um, I think one of the things that I wanted to ask you was that there is a question now of, you know, there being really swift action here and the cops getting arrested and fired and everything. All of that happening as quickly as it did because the cops that were involved were black cops. Mm -hmm. And so there is this discussion of like, did all this happen because you know, is action being taken simply because these are black men that are being involved, that are involved. And we just, you know, the, the powers that be are happy to throw a black man into the fire rather than protect, you know, uh, instead of protecting them the way that they do white men. Yeah. What do you think about all that? Jeez, please leave me with that. That's kind of a loaded thing. I think, so there are a couple of different levels to this stuff right um and it and it really does come down to how you how much you want to look into something um the like the first layer which is still the saddest layer which is the biggest thing that should be talked about every single time uh a situation like this unfortunately comes up and it fucking comes up all the fucking time and it's because at the end of the day in this country Black people, especially young black men, are treated completely different than every other, every other, uh, you know, type of person. 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, and, 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 you know, maybe it's uh, maybe black women also get treated. Oh, definitely black women. Of, yes. Yes. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to label it as, but it's almost like dismissiveness. It's like, you know, young black men, if you see a young black man on the street, for some reason, the cops think that their um, rules of engagement with that person is different than with every other citizen. Yeah, I think we just call it racism. Yeah, no, but yeah. but so it's a the the next thing that happens then with this story, um, because you know you know, <clears throat> I know some piece of shit people that uh, I consider some friends, um, but you know they're always you know they're always. I don't know how to describe it. I think it's rooted in racism. I I think I think if you are, I think if you don't realize that black people are judged differently in this country than everybody else, then you are a part of the problem. That is oh, yeah, racism. exactly. What, yeah. You know, that's why Black Lives Matter is a thing, because that's that's the point, right? It's like, yeah, no, you need to uh, you need to recognize that it's a different set of rules. Right. So those people take a look at that, at like the screen grab of the cops all being black. Yeah. And just being like, oh, see, it's not it's see, it's not about racism. It's the, the cops are black. So. And it's like, no, motherfucker, the whole point of this is the system is mm -hmm. the, you know, how we do policing in this country against black people. That's the problem. It's always been the problem. Yeah. The cops in the Freddie Gray uh, murder were mostly black as well. I yep. think there was out of the out of the 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 four cops involved in the George Floyd thing. I think Derek Chauvin and the, there's one other guy that was white. The others were, I think one was half black. The other one was, I think, Asian. Mm -hmm. um, so they were minorities, right? And Fernando Castile, I think the guy that, that shot him was uh, Latino. It's not about, you know, it's not about, I don't think it's white cops going out there and hunting black people, right? Yeah. I think it's just about how policing is taught in this country. That's why, it's the system that is yep. at fault here. It's like yep. if you are teaching these cops to, you know, profile somebody based on their race, based on their age, then this is the shit that's going to happen. So yeah. that's the really sad part, right? And then so until we get that part resolved, I think the rest of this is the rest of this is secondary, but you do see that, right? You you see how like, you know, a, uh, like uh, newspapers like the New York Post describe this murder versus how they describe the George Floyd murder. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like talking about how inhumane the actions of these cops are. And, you know, to be fair, the actions of the cops were inhumane. I yes. haven't watched the video. No. I can't watch the video. I hear Neither. that, you know, I, I heard descriptions of it, of him calling out. Yeah. It is yeah. so sad. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, but you do see it, right? You, 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 you do see that, the police association or whatever the hell that comes out, um, you know, as soon as something like this happens and a white cop is involved to defend the white cop, um, you don't see that here. You see how mm -hmm. quickly they disbanded this thing because it's easier for some reason, right? It's easier for the, for the people that say, oh, no, you know what? I am about law and order, Yeah, right? It's not really about law and order. It's about... a a, a certain type of person sorry it, it's about a certain type of person being involved in law and order right yeah. it's like um you know the same way that they don't defend um like you know, they don't look at black soldiers in the same light as they look at white soldiers yeah right? so there's there is obviously racism at the core of that somewhere right so yeah i mean the entire thing is just it's just so sad i mean yeah. I, I don't know what to say yeah. No, I think you said some very good things. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's super sad. Um, and yeah, I did not watch the video because I that's another thing that was really bothering me is that they a lot of news uh media kept saying like, you know, we're gonna show the footage at X time on the news. Like they were almost using it for ratings, like mm -hmm. a lot of um a lot of like Twitter and different like just news resources, like journalists were like, okay, we're, it's a leak. The video is going to show at six o'clock at this time. Like, and it's become this sort of, um, you know, it's a, it's that 
tragedy porn that we mm-hmm. talk we've talked about before, which is that like they're using they're using these images that they know are going to be talked about without any care for the trauma that it uh, it triggers for black people to see stuff like that. Like it's not something I shouldn't have to watch a video to know that this happens. Like, you know, that was the thing when, with George Floyd, it was like a lot of people, a lot of white people were like, Oh my God, I can't believe that this happens. And it's like, of course, of course you didn't fucking believe that it happened because you just don't believe when black people say that it happens, Mm -hmm. you need to see video proof. And that's, again, it diminishes the value of a black person's word in America in the world because of racism because ultimately that's that there's there's two core issues here you have the white supremacist racism issue and then you also have the issue of policing in America and policing in America is the institution of the criminal justice uh, criminal justice as an institution and policing as an institution in, in America is rooted in racism Mm-hmm. That's how it started. It started with uh, slave catchers. And there yeah. were black slave catchers, but they were still slave catchers. They were still uh, powered by an institution that was based in white supremacy. So you can't, we can't, um, you know, it's, you can't talk about one without the other. And uh, I just wish that uh, more people understood that instead yeah, of being yeah. like, oh, well, see, even black people do this to other black people. So it's not really about black lives. It's like, no, it's still about black lives. Still, it's, same thing. You know, I um, and and I want to be. I know you know. There's there's a part of me that watches this stuff, and from inside, I'm just like, "Hey, Kev, you know, all cops yeah. are bastards, right?" I feel that. At the same time, I know that I've had, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, I've I've interacted with cops a lot. Yes. In all manners, right? Mm-hmm. And. I've never come away from an interaction with a cop where I felt like I was being targeted because of my race. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's an unfortunate situation that I'm, you know, having this interaction with a cop, you know, whether it's for speeding or whatever the fuck it is. Right. But I didn't think that he was, they were being unfair to me. Right. But at the same time, I can't use my, you know, I'm not limited just to my personal experience to make, um, to make a judgment on yes. how I see policing, right? It's yeah. like you have to realize that your experience with a cop, it, it is different. It is obviously different for Black people, yeah. Right? I, I think the I think that the video that I did watch this is going back like eight years ago is the Philando Castile. Oh my video. god! Yeah, yeah. That and, and the thing about that video that kind of stays with me is. Um, I believe she was his girlfriend who was in the car with him. Yeah. When he got shot. And, you know, as as he gets shot, her tone is basically one that says, Yeah, of course he got shot. Like this yeah. is what happens. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. and and I just remember thinking about like how I would react if like my significant other was shot in front of me. I would be I would completely lose my shit. Right. I would say this is the worst moment in my life. But there is this like almost like, yeah, this is, you know, th- just the sense of, yep, this is this is what happens that black people have to live with in this country. And it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's the difference. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff about like, you know, inclusivity and race relations and, you know, us as brown people, us as immigrants, the. Asian experience, the uh, Indian experience, the Latino experience. But until this country figures out how to deal, you know, how to be actually fair to black people, we're not really going to get anywhere. Right. I think we have, and I think it's what you call like the proximity to whiteness, right? Yes. We have this proximity to whiteness that lets us, you know, kind of navigate a lot of the white supremacy that we live in without any incident. And we think, Oh, you know what? I'm a minority. I can make it through here. Then every, every it's, it must be the same for everybody, but it's not. It is substantially more unfair for one race of people in this country. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, I am going to take a. Well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about uh, some other lighter stuff. 
Okay, we're back. Um, so switching gears, I want to talk about your favorite of my favorite topic, I think for a different reason, which is cancel culture. I want to talk about cancel culture about two things. One person I want to talk about is your favorite guy, Louis C.K. is back. Oh, what the fuck? What are you doing to me? Come on, man. No, 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 no. You've talked, you've talked on record about how much, how fucked up he is, right? Yes. I want to talk about him because, because somebody we know, someone we know personally flew from a different city to New York City to see Louis C.K. live at MSG front row and then posted about it was like, I'm so glad I got to come and see him. And I was like, and was like, he's back. Like, he's the greatest and he's back, right? And I was like, okay, well, I guess we're going with drift, different strokes for different folks on this. <laughs> but, you know, people really love to clamor about cancel culture and how it ruins people's lives. Okay, people's lives are ruined with cancel culture. But here he is, this motherfucker. Selling out MSG multiple nights in a row, mm-hmm. biggest arena in New York. No yeah. problem. No problemo. What do you think about that? What do I think about that? I think it's fucked up. Yeah. You know, I am. Uh, I I understand that the way that a lot of these social dynamic, whatever, uh, the way that we have been brought up, all this stuff is always shifting, right? Um, the the rules and the norms that we had in the 90s aren't the same norms that you should expect now, right? Mm-hmm. Even when I started working, like I started working 20 years ago, right? And I've mm-hmm. been working in sales. And the way that women were treated, uh, you know, in, in a corporate setting versus how they're treated now, at least on paper, is completely different, right? Yeah. So I understand that part of it is going to be um, you know, people kind of evolving and learning that, hey, the shit that I thought in the past and maybe the shit that I did in the past wasn't right, but I wasn't legitimately, like I wasn't sincerely trying to hurt somebody. Maybe mm-hmm. I just wasn't thinking things through. So mm-hmm. I think I think there, I'm, I'm okay with there being some space for people to figure shit out for themselves, mm-hmm. right? That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. People should be allowed to go away, figure shit out, come back. Right? Sure. I'm okay with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how you do it. That's the only way. Because you can't I, – I don't agree that, um, you know, you just – well, it depends, right? It depends on somebody like Harvey Weinstein. Of course, fuck that guy. He's not yeah, – Or not like Bill, Co- Bill Cosby. <laughs> or Bill Cosby, yeah. Yes. Um, but – the thing that's bothered me about this Louis C.K. thing is because he's been he's very, very available now. He's on everything. It seems like he's on every single podcast that or, you know, with comedians that I enjoy, which is really troubling for me as a person, because I'm like, the fuck do I enjoy? What's wrong with me? Yeah. Um, but everything that that I've seen, it seems like they are talking about his experience being canceled versus the actual fucking thing that he did Mm -hmm. and for some reason people think that him talking about the embarrassment he felt about being canceled is enough (laughs) oh you know what he's paid his no bitch like there are like eight women that are just in that article that had to listen and watch you fucking jerk off Let's actually talk about that. Let's talk about their experience before you talk about what it felt like to be canceled, mm-hmm. right? And I think for people that are willing to kind of look past all of this stuff that want to just get past it, they're like, oh, you know what? Oh, no, no. He he dealt with it. He talked about it. See, here yeah. he's talking about it. But it's like, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about it. Oh, God. I just – it just – you know, it was a real – it was – I will say that I have evolved because it was a real act of growth on my part that I saw that person's social media and I didn't say anything. I was like, okay, well, well, people are allowed to like and dislike. I mean, it's not like she's spending my money to see him, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like, who am I to say anything? Who am I to say – Anything at all. But, you know, next time I complain about a person and I say this person should get canceled, I never, ever want to fucking hear that 
that is so dangerous when people say that about someone. It's so dangerous when you try to cancel someone. No, canceling somebody only happens. It Nothing actually happens to them. Literally nothing happens. It's cancellations are about how you view the person. That's all it is. It's like, okay, so for me, Louis C.K. is a person whose content I do not wish to um, to hear about or to engage in anymore. And that's a personal choice. If I want to, the fucking material is out there. Yeah. Right? Um, there's really no such thing as cancel culture because you'll fucking find supporters for anything these days. Right? Yeah. Always willing to be on your side. You just have to find a bunch of, you know, idiots that will support you. And there are more than enough idiots that think that they are doing something righteous when they're not. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of idiots, um, are you familiar with the Shazam movies? I watched the first Shazam movie. Okay. Are you familiar with the actor who plays Shazam? The grown Shazam? Zachary Levi? Yeah, he was Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. Do you like him? No. Okay, good. Why don't you like him? He annoys me. He was also in a Thor movie. Okay. He was in the second Thor movie. Uh And just, he's not one of my, uh, he's not one of the celebrities that I like. Uh Because it seems like he is, he is a white guy in high school who thinks he's funny. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, he's like Diet John Krasinski. Yeah. He's like RC Cola John Krasinski. Yeah. Kirkland John Krasinski. Kirk- no, don't even Kirk cuz Kirkland is a is a great A uh brand. Okay, Costco. <laughs> I just recently discovered Kirkland side note. Kirkland um soft baked chocolate chip cookies. You get them for like two, you get like 24, right? You got mm-hmm. two dozen. Okay, amazing. The best cookie. The best cookie. Like, you can eat it as is. You can eat it with tea. You can eat it. You can microwave it a little bit, put a scoop of ice cream on top. A perfect cookie sundae situation. Okay, so we're not even going to besmirch Kirkland by calling him Kirkland brand John Krasinski. Yeah. I have a thing to say now because I, my the hamster wheel in my head is- <laughs> The cookie wheel. But I will say uh, chocolate chip cookies. Uh-huh. Uh, croissants. Uh-huh. And plain glazed donuts, uh-huh. right? I will take the 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 grocery store version of all three of those over any sort of brand name. Agreed. Like, I don't want to go to a gourmet cookie shop and get no. a chocolate chip cookie. I could go to ShopRite for that. Yeah. Croissants, same deal. Mm, okay. So, no, as no, you know, I, I am you. going to France. <laughs> <laughs> So I do plan on consuming. I will say, like, there's a different. I a French croissant is a little bit different than a grocery store croissant. Okay, so, um, but but yeah, but like a grocery store, like a sometimes when we go to Costco, my mother in law gets like seven containers of croissants because we're croissant family. We're like a croissant sandwich, croissant grilled cheeses. We love a croissant. Sometimes I like to take older croissants and just chop them up and like toast them a little bit and add them to my salad to make croissant croutons. It's a great time. I'm drooling. Okay. Anyway, but sometimes she'll get them and you could still tell that they were, you could tell they were just packed because there's like a steam inside of the container, yeah. the plastic container. Real. Those, those Costco croissants are better than most croissants I've ever eaten. Because the course. thing with like a good croissant in France, even it's delicious, but I'm wearing half of this croissant. Oh, too flaky. Too flaky. Delicious. Definitely so good, but I'm wearing it, not eating it, right? Um, but the, yeah, the, the I, and also glazed donut. By the way, donuts, the only donut I want to eat, the only donut I ever want to eat is a glazed donut. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. I don't, Boston cream? The Boston cream is garbage. It's assault. <laughs> it's I an assault. Like a blueberry cake, though. A, a blueberry, blueberry cake. Have you ever had a blueberry cake donut from Dunkin' Donuts? Real, it, you know what it is. It's the batter from the muffin that they're just yeah. making a donut out of. I don't give a shit. It's amazing. It's so good. What do you think about blueberry bagels? 
Blueberry bagel. You know, I'm not really a sweet bagel guy. <laughs> Listen, I mean, we if it's a... a sweet bagel, why isn't it just a donut is my question. Like, why are we... Well, that's the thing. Why is it a blueberry cake donut when it could just be a blueberry muffin? No, because the the texture of a donut is different from a texture of a muffin. You're right. Why why like, would I even bother with that? Yeah, I don't it's like the, I don't like the stem of uh, of a of a muffin. Which is I the like majority that. of the muffin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's bullshit. Get out of my face. Okay, listen, we got off topic. So Zachary Levi <laughs> this week on Twitter, he said somebody said some conservative site said a, agree or disagree, Pfizer is one of the greatest evils of the world. And Zachary Levi quote tweeted that and said, hard agree. And that tweet is still up. Yeah. He didn't even take it down. He said, yes, I agree with that. And I said, okay. He's, he would not like that I work for Big Pharma. But um, then a bunch of stuff of him started coming out. Apparently he was on Joe Rogan and he talked about how one of the greatest speakers that he wishes people understood more or he wishes stayed out of certain controversies so people understood more of his thought process is yeah. Jordan Peterson. <laughs> uh, you know, that's a really good, um, usually it's, it's a good indicator for me because I have some friends that like Jordan Peterson also. But it's just like that, like that uh, far intellectual thing, right? It's like, oh, you know what? No, he sounds like a professor and he is uh, making the bullshit racism and sexist thoughts that I have in my head. Mm -hmm. He's making them a little bit more digestible. So this guy is brilliant. This yeah. is the guy that, so that's, that's one level of like the idiots that I deal with. And then mm -hmm. the second level is obviously the Andrew Tate guys. I'm like, oh no, that guy's brilliant. Yeah, I mean, the, I'm not going to lie. The Joe thing. Rogan, yeah, the, the the Jordan Peterson fans of the world are essentially, yeah. they're just like, I'm not trash. I don't like and Andrew Tate, you know. Yeah, I just exactly. like the intellectual version of Andrew Tate, which is Jordan Peterson. Yeah. I don't like Joe Rogan. I just like an intellectual version of him, which is like, I guess to them, it's like, I don't know, somebody on Ben Fox Shapiro News. or somebody. Ben Shapiro, exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, you still like the same. It's all, they're all playing in the same pile of garbage. Exactly. Anyway, so that was Zachary Levi. And honestly, that's one person I'm ready to cancel, except my kids love Shazam, so I will be watching this movie, unfortunately. Oh, really? Well, so the good news is, it, you know, the entire DC cinematic universe is getting uh -huh. completely overhauled. Oh, yeah. So yeah. there's a chance that they'll just get rid of Shazam. Like, oh. You know, they got rid of Henry Cavill, and they got rid of The Rock. Isn't it Cavill? Uh, I call him Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Henry C. Um, yeah. So Henry C's gone. The Rock is gone. They're rebooting the entire thing. The Shazam, like the Shazam movie. I watched the first one and it was okay. I watched it with your husband, um, yeah. but it was perfectly uh, ignorable. If you want to ignore it, it's completely fine. It's like a TV movie. It's not really anything. Great. Yeah. Yeah. We might wait until it's available for streaming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, last person I want to talk about in uh, pop culture is Mindy Kaling. Yeah, buddy. Okay, so there was this BuzzFeed article I sent it to you, and it was about, like, the outrage. We've lost nuance in the outrage against Mindy Kaling. So people people are mad. Now, what do you think about her? You don't like her. Well, we have – you and I have a, have a long history with our Mindy Kaling – our feelings on Mindy Kaling. Right? Yeah. Um, you have always been very pro-Mindy. Um, I think I – yeah, I think I, I came out like a uh, a year and a half or two years came ago. Out. <laughs> As <clears throat> I said, you know, I thought Mindy Kaling was overrated, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think that that probably is still how I feel about it. Um, mm -hmm. I think you know you can't turn your back on the things that she's done, right? And and I and I and I agree that her being a person of prominence in culture yeah. is a huge deal. Like, good for her. And nothing, you know, she didn't... Um, the fact that she broke into the industry, the fact that she's a writer on The Office, the fact that she did all these things, completely 100% uh, um, earned. Yeah. Right? What I think... What my issue with it was, was that I thought that she, outside of that, I thought that she got more attention... 
then made sense to me based on her work. And I think based on her work, I just mean the Mindy show and uh, the movie that she did, the late night movie mm-hmm. with Emma Thompson. Mm-hmm. I watched both of those and I was like, you know what? It's fine. It's nothing. Um, I'm not getting anything like special out of this. Right. Um, and to be fair, I really haven't watched a lot of Mindy stuff. Like I haven't watched uh, the Never Listen have I ever. Never and have I People ever. seem to be huge fans of that. Right. Me being one of them. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm glad that for certain people, she has this persona that, you know, people, people have fans. I think for me personally, I'm not a Mindy Kaling fan. And when I say when I'm not a fan, that doesn't mean that I hate Mindy Kaling, but it's like, am I a fan of like BJ Novak? Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think BJ Novak has earned everything that that he has, but I wouldn't call myself a BJ Novak fan. Yeah, so yeah, they, sure. I think they kind of occupy the same space for me, which is these are working professionals in the comedy industry, and obviously they deserve everything that they get. I wouldn't call myself a fan, though. So I think yeah. that's where I... But what I will say, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and this is just a sibling thing, okay. is that I love when something is ruined for you. (laughs) Going back 25 years, nothing excites me more than being uh, uh, ahead of something and then it coming true. Okay, whatever. um, To watch people turn on Mindy Kaling, even though it's not a thing that I've thought about her, just to see it turn and having (laughs) to see you confront that issue and work your feelings and and it be tough for you, is the reason why I get up in the morning. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Okay, I agree with you that I don't think that Mindy Kaling necessarily, like I see what you're saying, which is that if you look at her as a actual writer or a comedian or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't know if she's necessarily like the funniest person. I will say I read her first book and I laughed, lolled hard. The way mm-hmm. that I laughed hard reading Bossy Pants, right? Uh, by Tina Fey. I really enjoyed it. And I do, I, but I do wonder sometimes that is a person actually good or are they, do they feel more special because they are, they look like us, right? Do we like them more because they look like us? Um, a lot of people have a lot of issues with her, um, recently because they feel like Mindy Kaling often shows a representation of brown women that is very self-deprecating. It's a self-deprecating self-deprecating Indian woman who is usually in love with a white man. And they feel like it's gone from representing. Uh, it's it's got, I think there's a lot of young people who feel like if somebody is representing me and my culture on the screen, they need to represent me in all the ways that I, f- I should feel represented. And a lot of young people in America are extremely lucky because especially like young Young immigrants, second generation, especially South Asians, are really lucky because there is an embrace of all the things that we were made fun of when we were younger. Mm-hmm. When we were younger, there was a lot of comments about I always say I was a a potato with a mustache. Okay. That's what I look like when I came to America. And I think that if I was to, I don't know, make a show one day, I would probably make that joke too, because that's something that I felt growing up here in the 90s. I think a lot of people now, 30 years later, South Asians don't experience that because there's just an embrace. Thanks to actually black women who have created more uh, spaces for representation of different kinds of bodies and different kinds of faces and different kinds of skin tone and different types of hair textures and all of that, right? So I think that there's a lot of young people who look at a lot of the stuff that Mindy Killing is putting out and say, why does she keep making people who hate themselves? But the thing is that when you are growing up here in the 90s, right, the time that – because she's like a couple of years older than us. When you're growing up in your, here in the 90s and you don't have any representation of somebody who looks like you – a lot of the feelings that we do have is self-loathing. We've all baked these like self-loathing cakes for ourselves. And a lot of it is 
uh, shit that we've had to like work out as adults and be like, no, I actually don't hate that about myself and I don't need to wax my arms. And so what if I don't shave my legs? Like those are things that we, conclusions that we can come to on our own in our thirties because we're more secure of who we are. But when I was growing up here in the nineties and a lot of girls I know were growing up here in the nineties, we didn't feel secure. So we did, there was a bit of self-loathing. There was a lot of being attracted to the whitest, like the, the smart white kid. There was a lot of like making fun of the fact that we're just like a bunch of nerds, right? I think that young people are looking at that now and saying that's not relatable and you're just making us seem like we should hate ourselves. But what I tell, I feel like young people should watch TV and I mean, I don't, who am I to say how they should watch TV? They can have any reaction they want. If they don't like what Mindy Killing is putting out, they shouldn't not, they should not watch it. But for me, I watch shows like Never Have I Ever, and I actually feel like, oh, that is actually what my experience was in high school. I did feel a lot of the things that these characters are feeling in high school because that is how I grew up. And if Mindy Kaling is making a show, she's going to put in her experience in these shows. She doesn't necessarily have to represent every single person that she is, quote unquote, representing. So I feel like I don't, I don't hate her. I don't. I understand people's backlash because I think that kids are growing up in a different world than we were in the 90s. It's the same way a lot of black people don't like Kenya Barris' stuff because he always writes shows about the biracial experience or biracial people and all of that. And a lot of black people feel like that's not representative of something that they really want to see on TV because whatever their experience is. So I think that there's like a there's a space where people can be outraged and not like some some stuff because it just doesn't represent them. And I also think I understand why Mindy Killing is so appreciated because she has opened the door for a lot more South yeah. Asians to exist and create a lot more South Asian-based stories. I don't think that – I used to think like, you know, she's, she's not – like, yes, I, I think that it's annoying that no matter what show she makes <laughs> – the main brown character, the girl ends up falling in love with BJ Novak, essentially. Like she yeah. always, she always has her character fall in love with exactly the person that there are rumors about her being in a relationship with. So like, it's annoying, but like she is making stuff based on her experience and it's up to us whether or not we want to consume it. She doesn't have to make stuff based on someone else's experience. Cause it's not hers. It's she doesn't know it. So no, I, I get that. But I think that's the most interesting part of this to me is how much truth there is um, or not even truth. Like how much like how much we should be exploring the fact that in some way, even if the brown girl in these shows and movies and stuff, right, even if she is accepting herself fully for her features, for her culture, for all of that stuff, right? The ultimate validation of her inner and outer beauty is the fact that she can get with a white guy and a white guy that yeah. looks that is obviously attractive, right? Like if if it's the same thing that you know if if my ultimate goal was just like so I can accept myself is that I end up with a beautiful white woman, you would rightfully call me a piece of shit for that. Yes, that no, hundred percent. Yes, hundred percent. Right? Yes, and it's like. You know, for um, as you know, I, I, I'm I don't care because I am I, I I'm just the way that I am, right? But if if somebody who looked like me watched that and came away feeling a certain way yeah. about the fact that the brown guy is always just nerdy, and it is, and like aspiring to be with the white guy is a higher get is a higher level. If I come away feeling some way about that, my yes. feelings on that would be completely validated. hundred percent. Right? Yeah. But I also understand that, you know, it's, it's nothing is going to be perfect. You know, yeah. we are in this transitional moment and things are going to kind of even out at the end of the day. Right. And I really don't like complaining about like how men are portrayed on screen or anything like that, because I also know that in the real world, men have it way, way easier than women. So yeah. complaining about that is bullshit. But, you know, if if we're going to be having those conversations, I think it's completely valid yeah. that people feel a certain way about, you know, seeing her end up with 
BJ Novak, essentially. Right? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think a big issue that people have is that Mindy Killing often creates television that is palatable for white consumption, mm-hmm. and that's a big that's a big uh, that's a big conversation across the board, no matter what your background is, as long, if you're a minority. That's a conversation that happens for Asian Americans. That has like what happens with African Americans. It's across the board, Latino Americans. It's like, what are you making media that actually is for us, or are you making media that is palatable for white consumption? One of the reasons why I liked Miss Marvel so much is because I don't think they necessarily made it that palatable for non desis. Um, or like they didn't necessarily target it in that way. Like, yes, it was, if you like it, you like it and you can watch it and enjoy it, but it wasn't like targeted for that audience. It was more targeted for, I feel like South Asian audiences. So I do, I do understand that critique. And I do think that there's like more and more stuff being made. Like we have a very good friend who is showing at Sundance and at, uh, South by Southwest, uh, his movie, uh, Mustache, our friend Imran Jihan. So, like, that's pretty amazing. You know, that's a Pakistani guy who is making a movie about a teenage boy who has a prepubescent mustache and is going to public school. <laughs> like, I think that that's something that's it's cool. And, and the thing is, that character will likely be nerdy and all of those things because that's who he was and that's what his experience is going to be. I think that I think that there's a lot of conversation about like representation and showing the and like not excluding someone and not making a mockery of someone. And I think because information and content is not consumed the same way that it was for us in the 90s, there is like a little bit of a disconnect generationally because there's people who are born and raised or born and raised in like the 80s and 90s that are now making content for people that were born after 2000. And I think that there's always going to be a little bit of a lag because the people that were born in the 2000s are are never going to feel fully represented by somebody who just existed in a world that they weren't around in. Exactly. And, you know, even like Miss Marvel, right? I think we I think there's enough. Uh, room there for us to interpret right so like miss marvel her best friend is this white boy named bruno right and i think as viewers as brown viewers as regular viewers i think we all kind of understand that from time to time you need like a white guide in these stories Mm -hmm. to like explain stuff right so yeah you have somebody like bruno and then you talk to them about well this is what a mandy is this is what this is right and you understand this is the reason why this why this person exists and i'm okay with that because it's like yes we you know i i want to see stuff that is um heavily heavily influenced by my culture i want to see things that are heavily influenced by cultures that i don't know of like i want to learn more things but at the same time you are the reason why people um you know set this stuff for white consumption is because white people are the ones that are mostly watching stuff Right? Yes. It's like you make a lot more money if you can if you if if it's open to you know the culture at large. Yeah. Right? So I get that. I think we're okay with that. I'm not sure. Again, I haven't seen a lot of Mindy Kaling stuff recently. I watched The Office. I think that's really my well, I watched The Office and I watched the the, the late night movie and I watched I think the first couple of episodes from the Mindy Kaling. Yeah. Show. Um, yeah. So I don't know how she's doing or what she's doing, but I think I think the 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 piece about um about you know going after a certain type of white guy um is it's just a, it's just a conversation that i have um i have no skin in yeah that i just enjoy watching because i am uh i'm a you know i'm just a i'm just a bitch like okay. you know I, I, I like i like the drama of it i like people yeah like going back and forth on that. And, and I do think that there's some truth to it. Is 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 it going to be resolved through this discussion? Absolutely not. It's, I think it's just something that has to happen naturally. But the debate is is fun. It is fun. I, I will say one person I have no space for in my life, I think you and I will agree, is Kumail Nanjiani. He can get Now, why? Why is Kumail Nanjiani not uh, welcome to you when uh, when Mindy Kaling is? They should be exactly the same. Okay, this is an audio me- medium, but so you can't see, but my brother is very sarcastically and facetiously <laughs> shaking his head at me when he says that. Because his stupid movie, The Big Sick, yeah. can suck my dick, okay? I hate that movie. 
so much. He he made his Pakistani parents look like such assholes. And one of the worst parts of that movie was there's a scene where his white girlfriend finds a stack of pictures that are like part of like a biodata stack of like women that his mom has told him like you should go on dates with, right? Yeah. He literally sets that stack of women's pictures on fire to satisfy his white <laughs> girlfriend. And every single white every single brown woman that is shown in this movie has like a thick thick accent. Supposed to be set in fucking Chicago. Chicago has had like a community of Pakistanis since like the 60s. And every single brown woman on there is like talking in this thick accent that is obviously not their accent. It's a put on accent to make Kumail Nanjiani, who actually has an accent, feel better about the fact that there are a bunch of brown women in Chicago that talk like Americans and he doesn't. So, no, I fucking hate him. I have no space for him. I might watch that Chippendales show or I might just watch the real documentary instead. Yeah, just watch it. You know, when it comes down to it, just watch the real documentary. Yeah, exactly. On most things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why reality TV is the best, because you no, just watch the on. real oh, stuff. No. <laughs> no. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. I'll be back uh, tomorrow to talk to Arthi about Rahasas of Potomac and Family Karma. And then I started watching the Banshee of, of Incheren, Ed Sheeran. And Raheel, it's delightful. Of course, I want to watch that. I'm, you, you know, we'll watch, I'll try to watch. Love it. It is right up that. your alley of things that you like. <laughs> uh, white men? Are white men in it? White men. <laughs> Accents. Uh, oh, I, uh, I do like Irish. I like Irish culture overall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's very funny to me. So I watched that. I watched what I watched over the week. I watched She Said. How about that? I don't even How know what that, that is. Who's the real feminist? Yeah, who's the real feminist? It's <laughs> the story about the, the two New York Times reporters. That oh, is, is it the movie? Is it like the made from, is it like the movie, movie of the real? It's the movie. Is it a movie of the real life thing or is it a documentary? It's a movie. Oh, I'd rather just watch the documentary. I don't know if there's a documentary, but it's on the It's very good. It made me cry. Oh, wow. Points for you. <laughs>